Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. That's the New King James Version. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. And then we're going to go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the New Living Translation. I'll repeat it again for those of you that are viewing from social media. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16, the New King James Version. And then Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the New Living Translation. Let's have a word of prayer. Father God, we come once again before your presence in Jesus' name just to say thank you. We thank you, God, for each and every one under the sound of our voice. Those that are in-house, those that are viewing from uh, home and other places. We thank you, God, for each and every home, particularly those that are uh, wrestling with certain things in their lives. We're all struggling and wrestling either directly or indirectly with things in our lives. And we give them all over to you, even right now. We thank you for our elder, our musician, and, 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 and Curtis, and we thank you for all of the believers, all of those who will become believers as a result of hearing your word. We ask that you would convict, convince, and convert. Lord, I pray that now that you would use me like you've never used me before to get glory, praise, and honor to yourself. We say yes to your will, yes to your word, and yes to your way. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. With all thanksgiving and honor and praise to you. And all of God's people said amen, amen, and amen. Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 14. Very familiar passage. It says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And then we transition to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't miss that. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I want to talk around the thought, the idea, the reality, engaging our culture without compromise. Yeah, yeah. Engaging our culture without compromise. How do you do that? How do you engage culture without compromise? Or without compromising, here we go, biblical truth. How do you do that? Understand that society is changing its mind about the Christian way of thinking. Hello, somebody. Uh, society is changing their mind about the way we think and the way we live. Christians are increasingly viewed as, in some circles, in a lot of circles, irrelevant, 
and extremists. It don't take all of that. Christianity doesn't seem to fit into today's culture. Do I have a witness? Followers of Jesus Christ were first called Christians in Antioch, according to Acts chapter 11, verse 26. Why? Because their behavior, activity, and the way they talk were like Christ. All right? And the word Christian, don't miss this, literally means a follower of Christ. Notice over time the word Christian, I said over a period of time, has not lost its meaning, but more so has taken on a new meaning in a lot of circles. Because a lot of modern day Christians or modern day Christianity is often associated with uh, elitism, prideful, arrogant, egotistical, stuck up, and a hypocritical person or people. That's what some people think about us, about you, about me, when we say we're Christian. Y'all think y'all all are that. In other words, a lot of people who do not believe and trust in Jesus Christ consider themselves Christians simply because they go to church. You got some people say, I'm a Christian. How are you a Christian? They don't say anything about uh, confessing, acknowledging sin, and accepting Christ. How, uh, you, I'm a Christian. Why are you? Because I go to church. But because you go to church don't make you a Christian. I wish I had some. Y'all ain't going to help me. You can go to church. Beat me in church. You know that just going to, by going to church doesn't make you a, a, a Christian? Because you serve uh, people less fortunate than you or being a good person does not automatically make you a Christian. Sinners do that. Going to church again does not make you a Christian any more than going to a garage makes you an automobile. Y'all yeah, yeah. can miss that. Because you're under the roof. Some people say, why do you keep giving the call? Everybody in here say, are we? And if we are, we'll just say amen. But I've preached sermons, sermons in here and other places where people have been in the church for years and they finally raised their hand and accept Christ. I've been in this church some years ago. God had been a member of the church for 30, 40 years. And he raised his hand when I said accept Christ. We never assume. The Bible teaches that the good works we do cannot make us acceptable to God. Titus chapter 3 verse 5. Am I, am I doing all right? Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says, he saved us, the Lord, God. Not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. Yeah. Yeah. God saved you and me <laughs> through the washing of rebirth and renewal by his Holy Spirit. So a Christian, how many Christians have we got in here? Amen, amen. A Christian is out there. I don't want to leave you out. And if you don't raise your hand, you can become one today. A Christian is somebody who has been born again by God. According to John 3, 3 and John 3, 7, 
A Christian is someone who has been born again and has put faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not of yourself. You couldn't do it, I couldn't do it. It is a gift. Me being saved, you being saved, God said it's a gift. You and I could not do it. On in and of ourselves, we couldn't work enough to do it. Nothing that we could do in and of ourselves that would qualify us for being Christian. Because guess what? Christians are a piece of work. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Y'all don't want to act like Christians still cuss. You got some Christians cuss more than non-Christians. Y'all yeah. talking about. Yeah. And God is looking, you misrepresenting. You got some people still drinking as much as people. Listen, I didn't say you or you or you, but some Christians are still a piece of work. And a lot of it is because you have not surrendered your life to Christ. You got certain compartments that you hold it on to. And you giving God a little bit of this and a little bit of that. God says, I want all of you. All of you. That's why they call Christians the hypocrites. You know, <laughs> a true Christian is a person who has put their faith and trust in the person and work of Christ. Am I right about it? And some of us put a bad name on the Lord because we call ourselves Christians in church, but outside of church, wow. I'm not talking about sinless perfection, but can't you do a little better job of representing than you're doing? Can't you do a little better than you did last year since you've been going, you say growing in Christ? See, growth, with growth comes, there's signs of perfection. All things, it didn't say you, everything's changed, but there ought to be some changing in the way you talk. In the walk. Hello, somebody. Somebody that did not respect you in the past ought to be gaining some respect, not because of you, but because of the who in you. Oh, y'all missing this. I said in the beginning of this message that society is changing its mind about the Christian way of thinking and living. Christians are increasingly viewed as irrelevant and extremists. And understand that society and culture exist together. In other words, when we talk about a society, we're talking also about a culture. A culture has to do with people with the same beliefs and practices. In other words, neither society or culture could exist without the other. And apart from the presence of God or the presence and control, here we go, of the Holy Spirit in their lives, people do not automatically drift towards holiness. But rather, I said, apart from the Holy Spirit, you and I need the Holy Spirit to keep us straight day to day. You can tell a person, I don't care how much Christian you call yourself, if you're not, if you're doing some outrageous things constantly, that means you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to control you. You controlling you. And we give God a bad name. Amen, somebody. Even when you're in an argument with somebody, you don't keep fussing them out the way you used to be or used to do. Uh, 
Without the presence or apart from the presence of the Holy Spirit and control of the Spirit, people drift toward compromise and call it tolerance. People drift towards disobedience and call it freedom. People drift towards superstition and call it faith. Is God talking to anybody in here this morning out there? Some people consider lack of discipline and self-control as a way to relax from the discipline to live holy. But 1 Peter chapter 1, we know the passage. If you don't, jot it down. 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 says, But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy. Why? Because I am holy, God says. Holy means being sanctified. If y'all tune in to Bible study, you'll be called sanctification. Holy means being sanctified, set apart. Holy means you're different. Your commitment has changed from what it was to what it is now to the Lord. And a lot of people these days, they kind of slide, if I can use that expression, towards godlessness and doing their own thing. People want to do their own thing. They, they, when they had that song out years ago, I can't remember. I don't yeah, y'all know it. It's your, yeah. Do what you want to do. I can't, can't tell you. Y'all know it. I'm trying to put it on the pastor. Ellen, don't look at me like that. Most people want to do their own thing the way they want to and when they want to and they convince themselves that they're being liberated. I'm talking about engaging our culture. We're compromising, fitting right in with them. While you're in the rain, they say you left your house to go to church in the rain as if they're going to stay home all day. See, that's where the hypocrisy come in. It's not like you staying home all day. You just use the rain not to get here. But you might be out having breakfast right now. And you say that's your business, which it is. That's right. That's right. Elder, I think I'm messing up people. I, I, I think I'm on it. Miss Elder, I'm calling. I'm on it. Can't come to church. Eagles got more faith than we do. Man, they was out there at 6 o'clock this morning with rain, parkers, and cooking, and barbecuing. And if we had the faith, some of us, as extreme as the Eagles, fans do. Out there in the rain, smoke going on, and they out there now. There's no starting to force up. It's out there six o'clock this morning. Y'all talking about pastor, hurry up so I can see the game. See what I mean? See what I mean? Can't give God an hour. Sister Pat can't give him an hour. Bottom line is that we no longer live in the midst of a culture that shares our biblical beliefs and convictions. Somebody said that Christian believers have lost the home court advantage. Y'all better take that in. We've lost the home court advantage. 
You know at home court you're supposed to have an advantage to win victory. You know you got the crowd behind you, but Christians have compromised some of us, a lot of us, many of us, that we've lost the home court advantage and the enemy got the advantage. You got this self-imposed truth, your truth, my truth. <clears throat> From a worldly perspective, that, that sounds harmless. Well, you got your truth and I got mine. And when I first when I first heard that, I said, well, and the Holy Spirit said, don't you go with that. Jesus said, I am the truth, not your truth, his truth, her truth. If everybody got their own truth, that means you do whatever you want to. As if that's an excuse and God will accept your truth. The Bible says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so he is. Proverbs 23 and 7. That's the amplified translation. And you know what that says to me? Because there's context to everything. That means to me that our thoughts, what's in your heart and mind, influence basically every part of our daily lives and are revealed by your words and actions. Somebody asked me one time, Pastor, I hear you telling everybody you love them. Well, I do, but I don't love everybody the same way. Y'all missed that. If y'all come to buy, there's different levels of love. We're trying to get to a God day. But some people you only love as a friend. Amen. You don't love your mother the same way you love your wife or your husband. Oh, come on. You don't have the same desire for your mother and you love her. It's different levels of love. And all okay. So when I say I love you, I love you, but the more intimate we become, the more increase in intimacy and the love gravitates more to a agape love in spite of nothing you can do can stop me. My wife, even though I get on her nerves sometimes and she on mine, nothing she can do will stop me from loving her. My sons, my grandchildren, nothing they can do will stop me. I might be angry with them, but I love them anyhow. I know I'm not by myself. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Anybody other than me got family members? Just get on your last nerve. I don't know what verse is on. Sister Mary, I don't know what verse. But get on your last nerve. Keep, keep on doing dumb stuff. <laughs> Y'all know anybody? Just keep on doing dumb stuff. My, 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 my grandfather told me, you got a rock in your head where your brain's supposed to be. He said, go out there and, he, I told y'all that, he said, go out there and cut off a, a, a stick out there. I went out there, cut he cooked that stick and wore me out with it. Next time I went out, I got a little twig. Phew. He told me, I ain't tell you what I was going to do with it. I said, go out there and cut. I said, he wants something strong, probably want to, I don't know what it was. He probably, man, when he wore my backside out, I said, I bet y'all won't get no thick stick like that no more. As I hasten on, because I know I'm boring y'all. Engage in our culture without compromise specifically means with biblical truth. Not your truth, not my truth. What does God say? If culture has to do with the way people think and behave, then we have to be more, here we go, effective in our engagement of our culture rather than letting our culture change us 
I already said we aren't Christians only on Sunday. Come on, somebody. You got Sunday morning Christians. Sunday morning Christians. But we're supposed to be Christians in every area of our life, Monday through Saturday. Everybody ought to know you're a Christian. Not just on Sunday because you went to church. Am I right about it? And as we started with Romans chapter 12, verse 2, give me a few more minutes. It lets us know, Romans 12, 2, that there's a great deal of pressure in the world to behave like the world. Paul, the apostle, encouraged us, you and me. He says, don't be conformed to this. Well, stop letting the world keep changing you to be like them. Said, but you need to be transformed. Change your mind, the way you think. And the way you think, the way you change your mind is to think the way God wants you to think. And I understand, because some folk are saying, wait a minute. You don't know, last time when I started trying to talk about my Christianity, I had repercussions. Oh, they're going to push back negative reaction. I know it's not easy being a Christian. How many of us know it's hard? Hard being a Christian. Hard trying to live right. But we can do all things. Did anybody hear God's song? We can do everything, all things, through Christ. Am I right about it? It might be hard, but I can do all things. <laughs> Every time I get kind of discouraged by things in church, the Holy Spirit said, you can do all things through me. People might let you down, but you can do all things through me. Come on, somebody. Remember, and I'm trying to get through this, but it's so much here. Daniel. You remember Daniel in the Bible was a young man when his world changed. In Daniel chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. It says, then the king ordered Aspenaz, his chief, to, chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. See, the enemy will take you captive. Come on, somebody. Especially when you're out of line. Come on, somebody. You're supposed to be in church and you're in the club. And they bust everybody in the club. And you get locked up too. Oh man, somebody, y'all ain't gonna help me. You was in that strip place. I didn't say you per se, but you know, that strip place that everybody say was cool. Oh, you used to go to when you was out there. And you know ain't nothing ever happened. But because you belong to Christ, you going back to the strip just to, you know, tell them how you changed. That's what you said. You went back to the strip joint and they raided it. Your name flashed. They didn't want to know what Bubba or Johnny or something, but the Reverend, whoa, front news. Reverend caught in the strip joint. And then I come back on Sunday and say, please forgive me. Please. I got to watch out. And I said that to say this. None of us is exempt from being caught doing wrong. Yeah. Poop into the door, seal into the door. But that's why you got to practice keeping yourself out of trouble. That's right. Hello, somebody. Yeah. You know when you're heading somewhere, you ain't got no business. Yeah. Am I right about it? Yeah. Verse 4 
of Daniel chapter 1 says, select only the strong, healthy, and good-looking young men. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. That's confusion. The world wants to get you confused. Verse 5 says, the king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. And they were to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. I said, Daniel became a prisoner in a foreign culture. The world that Daniel knew and grew up in changed. He was raised as a Christian. But he went to school and become a pagan. Y'all missing it. I didn't raise you like that. And I don't want to get into my another sermon coming. But part of the problem with our young people today is we not telling them about Jesus. I'm on one yet to my other sermon. You got people celebrating Christian, the kids, they don't know nothing about Jesus. All they know about is a toy. Yeah. I'm gonna get there later. Yeah. You gotta tell them. Just like your grandmother told you, whether you believe that, you gotta have the seed planted. That's right. That's right. Gotta plant the seed. First Peter chapter 3, 15 says, but sanctify. Set apart the Lord God in your heart. And always, here we go, be ready to give a defense to everybody who asked you a reason for the hope that you have in you with meekness and fear. Don't be arrogant, but be bold. Why do you go to church on a rainy Sunday morning? Why do you get out of your warm bed on a rainy Sunday morning? Sister Evelyn, why do you, after you done did all that running yesterday, get out of your bed to come to a church with only a half a crowd and everybody else is chilling, taking it easy? Give them the answer. Because I believe what the Bible says. Forsake not yeah. There's something of the brethren. Yeah. There's power in unity. Yeah. There's power yeah. when we get together. Yeah. There's power yeah. when we lift up the name together. Yeah. There's power yeah. in the name. Yeah. There's power. Yeah. There's power. Yeah. There's power yeah. in the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm trying to get out of here. You don't have to show fear. Just be bold. You don't have to be arrogant. Just be sure. Second Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God has not given you and me a spirit of fear and timidity. But here we go. Of power. I just said that. Love and self-discipline. We're not supposed to disengage because our culture is turned against us. But we have to give the right response so that our culture will listen to us. Don't put them down. Help pull them up. Y'all looking at me funny. When people come to church and don't look or act like you and me, I'm not going to put them down. But I'm going to do what God did for me. He loved hellishness yeah. out of me. Yeah.
when they start going to class you can't get out of the word the word will do what the word will do it'll convict it'll convince and it'll convert you you might go somewhere with an attitude but when God get a hold of you when the Holy Spirit get a hold of you what you meant on doing God said no you don't mean that because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world uh, Daniel responded properly as I hasten to a close I listened to Bible scholar Tony Evans and he said moral and society or societal issues are getting worse across the United States why because Christians are becoming more cultural than biblical y'all hear that Christians are becoming more cultural fitting in with the world than they are biblical and the country is facing God's judgment because we keep on talking about sister Pat why things go God said don't blame that on me that's on the world and some of you Christians because y'all ain't living right in your house oh you're blending in culturally we become more cultural Christians than biblical. And remember our identity is to be rooted in the image of God. But we've gotten some of us so ingrained in the thinking of the culture that we wind up being, here we go, parakeets. You know, a parrot repeats what they hear. We become parakeets to what the society is saying. Rather than taking up a solid, loving, but clear stance on what God is saying. We begin to listen to what they say. Rather than us telling them what God says. Don't y'all see how that compromise start? Well, I don't want to start no trouble. You ain't got to start no trouble. Tell them what God says. God can deal with trouble. I'm talking about engaging our culture without compromising biblical truth or our faith and Evans explained that elevating I think this is important anything when you elevate identity when you elevate your race or your national allegiance above Christianity it's called idolatry and whatever or whenever that national allegiance causes you to have non-Christian perspectives underneath the flag when you start making the flag your banner rather than the word of God, you start, y'all ain't hearing what's going on in this world. We, 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 we patriots. The flag becomes your symbol. God becomes deduced. And now you raise up the flag. Y'all hear what God is saying? Christians compromise. You got all kind of Christians talk about the flag. The flag didn't save me. Right. Ain't nothing wrong with the flag. But the flag didn't save me. The flag didn't pick me up. Turn me around. Place my feet on solid ground. The flag didn't do that. Jesus done it. The blood of Jesus Christ. If it had not been. Oh. God's judgment. 
is where it is because of our cultural change and stance of Christianity. Christians aren't doing their job. Hello, somebody. I need to do a better job. Not just talking about you. From the pulpit to the door. From the ceiling to the floor. I shudder to think I've done all I could or can to win souls for Christ. That's why I get on my knees and say, God, what else can I do? How else should I do? I heard 2 Chronicles, and I'm almost done. Chapter 15, verses 3 to 6, says, For a long time, Israel was, was without the true God, without a priest to teach them, and without the law to instruct them. But, verse 4, 2 Chronicles 15, whenever they were in trouble, listen, and turned to God, to the Lord, it says the God of Israel, to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him out, they found him. Don't let people say they're seeking God. They ain't looking for God. They're trying to compromise how they think with how they want God to approve them. Verse 5, 2 Chronicles 15 says, During those dark days, it was not safe to travel. Problems, just like going on now, troubled the people of every land. Nation fought against nation, city against city, for God was troubling them with every kind of problem. God says, you don't know want me? I'm going to show you what it is without me. Y'all ain't here, God. You don't want me? You want to compromise my word? I'm going to let you have all these mass murders. All these people killing each other. I want to let you have where their marriages are crumbling. I'm going to have you with children are defiant. I'm going to have you with nobody fearing me. What happens when you don't fear God? God says, I have to put the fear of myself in you. Uh, God has one goal line and that's his kingdom and his kingdom is his divine rule am I right about it oh I gotta close I said I want to get an uncom uncompromising church it's beginning to find itself more and more at odds with the culture it exists in and I said I'm closing and let me do that what God says for you and I that are struggling to live right and to not compromise and not blend in with this culture. God says you got to guard your heart. You got to keep on guarding your heart. We talked about that in Bible study. You got to guard your hearts so not to compromise genuine God-given truth. Am I right about it? The Bible says to seek and love God with all our heart in Jeremiah 29. It's in our hearts that we make our plans according to Proverbs 16. It's through our hearts that we believe and are saved according to Romans 10. The Bible said it's in our hearts where Christ's peace is allowed to rule according to Colossians 3.15. And then Proverbs 4.23 says above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from your heart. Hello somebody. Let me give you these points. 
Four biblical ways we can guard our hearts. Y'all want to get this. Y'all ready? You got to watch what you hear. You got to watch what you see. You got to watch what you say. You got to watch what you think. Y'all need it again? Watch what you hear. Watch what you see. Watch what you say. And watch what you think. Philippians 4.8 says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. What are you thinking lately? What are you thinking about lately? Fix your mind, your thoughts on what is true. Honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Watch what you hear. Stop listening to anybody and everybody. Mark chapter 4, 23 and 25, 225. It says anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you'll be given and you'll receive even more. To those, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. Stop listening to everybody talking. Watch what you see. What movies are you watching? What are you Googling lately? Y'all act like I'm not to say you. I didn't say you. Y'all know. You can't try to refrain from sexual immorality and you keep watching. Oh my gosh. You know what you watch. How you gonna refrain and you entertain? Watch what you hear, watch what you see, and watch what you say. What's coming out of your mouth lately? I didn't say the false stuff you're talking to me in front of me. But when you get on the phone, you told them that you love me. You said, you know what you said. But you got to watch what's coming out of your mouth. If you can't speak good, don't speak nothing. Who says you got to cuss me out because you don't like what I say? Shut your mouth. If I can't open it with blessings, stop cussing people. Ah, watch what you think. I don't know about you, but the more I think about him, the more I think about if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? Philippians 4, and I'm done, says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him already for what he has done. God's been good to me, y'all. 
It hasn't been good to you out there. Has God been good to anybody out there? He looked beyond my thoughts and he sees all my needs. Am I right about it? He loves me in spite of. He might hate the sin, but he never stops loving me and you. I'm talking about engaging our culture without compromise. God says, stand. Stand on the word. When you don't feel like it, stay. When you're afraid, stay. When they're coming against you, stay. But just don't stay. Give me some praise while you're staying. Praise him when you're in trouble. Praise him when you're out of trouble. Praise. Give God glory when you praise him. The blessings come down. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. As we rest on our feet.